Hello, and thank you for joining us on Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Women Living Intentional, a group created for those who are looking and ready to live in purpose. Now over to your host, Tayani Tellis. Hello, and welcome to Posh Talks Podcast, where living intentional consists of high vibes and posh lifestyles. I'm your host, Tayani Tellis, and today's episode is Brand with Drew. Drew is the CEO of one of the large events happening today in Atlanta, BYOB, which recently took place here in Atlanta not too long ago. Drew states the smartest social media move I've done and which I use for all of our clients for personal brands is to post more long for captions. This might sound counterintuitive to all of the suggestions on the market. However, we've seen much higher brands Resonance, um, sorry guys, I'm just stumbling all over my words today. Engagement saves, shares direct messages, and metrics that really matter. Hello, Drew, and thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. I'm super happy to have you here today and talk to you on some of the topics that a lot of our listeners are interested in knowing. So, if you could really just begin by telling us a little bit more about yourself and your journey into entrepreneurship. Sure. Um, do you want the long version or the short version? Whatever version you feel like is more appropriate. <laughs> cool. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give a, a, a medium version of it. Um, I think um, just to kind of give an overview, I, um, so I, 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 I consider my journey really starting around um, 17, 18 when I went off to college. I went to a small HBCU down in Hampton, Virginia called Hampton University. Um, and um, when I was there, I was always very um, – I think I was always very, very entrepreneurial in terms of like intuitive, not in the way that um, most people would go about entrepreneurship. For me, I was never romantic about like, oh, this is what I want to do or this is what I see other right. people doing and let me try to be an entrepreneur or CEO. It was really a matter of just um, uh, like being very practical, like, oh, this group of people need something, can I get it to them, right? Supply and demand, right, right? which is like the most basic form of um, well-rounded and like universally uh, working entrepreneurship. And so I remember being a freshman and in college, you know, for example, I was in a dorm room um, full of males, and I know that everybody needed a haircut, you know. And so right. um, I kind of like just like, hey, you know, let me just, you know, shape people up, give people a haircut. Like I learned really quick. I got some clippers. I put a sign on my door and, you know, five bucks a head, you know, which was uh, 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 saved money for you walking to the barbershop and then also paying, you know, $15, $20. And so it was just a better kind of opportunity, and, and that allowed me to start, you know, really building camaraderie and getting to know a lot of people while making some money. And so that was kind of one of the first things I did. The second thing I did was I noticed that there was a DJ there, and with it being an HBCU, like, there's always music, you know what I'm saying, the, right. in the cast and during the day, like, at night. Like, there's always a DJ at every single event, and there's so many events on campus. And I noticed that there was one DJ, and he was DJing everything, but he was a senior. And I was like, okay, if he's graduating, like, who's taking over, right? Right. So again, I'm already, like, looking forward. I'm like, okay. You know what I'm saying? I remember coming up to him one day, and I was like, yo, who, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to do what you're doing. What's up? Put me on. Um, and he, like, blew me off immediately, but that was okay. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I went back to my dorm room, and, and I, I, I remember, like, going into my cabinet where I put all my $5 bills to, like, buy, like, you know, the stuff college students will buy. <laughs> but I, didn't, right. I was like, you know what, let me use this and buy some DJ equipment, right? So I ordered some 
of the cheapest speakers and DJ equipment that I can get right to my dorm room, and I just started practicing. And then, um, and then, um, uh, then I just kind of got into the market um, by just um, offering myself to do a, a lot of like uh, free apartment and house parties, right? And then just started building a name for myself. So putting myself out there, doing free events, getting case studies, doing free gigs, putting out free content, kind of the same thing that, you know, we all do nowadays when we're kind of just starting out, right? And, right. Um, and, and, and I did that, and then, like, for a couple months, and, it's, uh, you know, who turns away a free DJ, right? It's like, you know, like, who turns away free stuff, right? It's the same right. thing. Like, you'll get out there if you just put yourself out there, right? And then during that time, you either learn how to do better and get more, or, you, you know, you have to figure out, like, if it's not working, then what do I have to do? And so it's that whole learning process. And, you know, it took a couple months, and then I remember just getting a call one night. It was like, this is 08, the night that um, um, Obama got elected into his first term. And uh, I got a call, and someone was like, hey, you know, DJ Tay James, which was the DJ there, he, went, he graduated. He went on to become Justin Bieber's DJ. Um, he wasn't okay. available that night. And they were like, yo, we need a DJ. We heard about you. You know, we only have, like, 25 bucks or 30 bucks, something like that, but, you know, can you do it? And in my mind, you know, I was like, hell, yeah, it's more money than I, 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 I get, which is free, right? So I was like, oh, yeah. like um, and I, so I took it, and, you know, obviously that night was obviously already, like, a, a celebratory fun night. There were news stations there. There were magazines there. It was all fun and all that good stuff. And, you know, I just played, you know, good music and kept the vibes right in come around Monday, like, you know, I'll, you know, front page of the, the, the school magazine, the Daily Press, like different things like that. They were covering the, um, the, the election party, but, you know, I just happened to be, like, on it. Like, I was just kind of, like, one of the right. people in it and stuff. And so that really kind of allowed me to kind of build some credibility. And, you know, the DJ Tay started kind of respecting me a little bit more, kind of, like, slowly started trying to help me and stuff like that, even as he was kind of getting ready to get graduate and, you know, start his gig with Bieber. And so, um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, that, that's kind of how the, the whole career kind of started. And I, I, start, and I went into DJ for the, for the next, you know, four or five years, um, which kind of really, really allowed me to learn a lot about just business, about working with people, because you start working with, like, promoters, club owners. You start just learning a lot of business acumen. You know, you start to figure out, like, who the scammers were, who don't feel right, who – you know, be playing you. Like, it's all this stuff that you kind of learn, and over time you understand, like, you know, who to watch out for, who you should work with, how to, like, you know, put your contract in so they kind of protect you, just all this good stuff. And I was just hustling. Like, I was DJing, like, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was making, like, six figures in cash. But the reason why I was hustling so hard was because um, on the back end, while all this cool stuff was happening with me, um, I was actually, like, seconds away from getting kicked out of school. Um, um, my my freshman year, I had like a 1.1 GPA. It was just like really really bad. Um, I was in school to become a pharmacist, right? I I had traditional, right. uh, like just immigrant parents, and you know they wanted you to become you know doctor, lawyer, pharmacy type of thing, and um, and I just I just sucked at it. I, I hate science. I just didn't I didn't realize how much I hated it, but I hated it a right. lot. And, and I sucked at it. And so that happened. And so I was on the verge of kicking out. I switched my major. I didn't tell them. A year later, they found out. You know, they went crazy because they thought they were paying right. for or helping to, you know, co-sign loans for a degree that was going to, you know, be, you know, ROI positive for them. Um, and it just got, the relationship got really, really bad. I just remember my, my, my father telling me, 
because I wanted to stay at the school so bad, and he was like, they're not supporting my decision um, after I changed my major to um, a business kind of a major because I just thought it made more sense. Um, and I just remember telling them, well, if you – or they, them telling me, if you want to stay at Hampton, you got to do it on your own. Like, don't come home. Don't talk to us. We're completely, you know, um, leaving you on your own. We don't want anything to do with this. Like, like this is why right. we came over here to help you with all that good stuff. And so, you know, when I – again, you know, I was, I was 18, whatever, and I was just like – I was just completely on my own, and I tell people all the time – you know, for me, it just happened early when you realize, like, it's you and, you know, God or whoever you believe in against the world. You know, and I, right. I think a lot of people of don't get that until maybe, like, after college, until, like, right. your parents kind of completely, like, let you go and get out the nest and stuff like that. But it happened to me very early. And so even for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that summer after my freshman year, I was, like, couch surfing. I couldn't go home. I was sleeping in my car. I was sneaking into dorm rooms to take showers. I was begging the cafeteria ladies to eat and all this good stuff. Um, to try and just, like, scrap things together. I eventually even, like, sent myself down to Paris Island, um, South Carolina, and joined the Marine Corps and all this good stuff because I just needed money. I wanted to stay at Hampton so bad, and so I was willing to kind of, like, put everything on the line for it. And so, you know, once I got back from that, I was kind of, like, back on my own track. But I definitely just, that that hustle mentality and that just kind of, like, drive kind of, like, started from, from, from that whole situation and stuff like that. And like I said, for the next couple of years, I kind of just kept running and running and running and building and hustling and hustling um, and stuff like that. So I, it got it got really cool. Obviously, at the same time, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram started really popping. So I really understood, like, wow, like, you know, people weren't just hiring you to DJ. They were hiring you because they wanted you to promote also, right? And you were kind right. of cutting out the middle man because you could, like, build an audience. And, like, you know, the people were following the DJs because that was the life of the party and all this good stuff. Right. So I was like, man, this is interesting. So just understanding the dynamic of speaking to people and the communication of the mass market and social and stuff like that. And so after I graduated, though, I ultimately decided to uh, – so I graduated my MBA. I took a corporate job at Pepsi. Um, I, 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 I eventually decided to get out of the entertainment industry because there were just some things that I wasn't too fond of. And, and I always – people always used to ask me, like, why did you stop DJing? And for me – um, uh, because I came behind a very successful line of DJs. Like, before Tay James was DJ Baby Drew, which was Chris Brown's DJ. Right. Before Baby right. Drew was DJ Envy, which is on The Breakfast Club. Before Envy is um, Rick G's, which is Pusha T's DJ. Like, like, Hampton was just pumping out, like, celebrity DJs, like, every four years, you know, and everybody wow. was like, yo, who's going to be next and stuff like that. So, anyways, I kind of told myself, like, and this is kind of like a lesson in itself right here, um, and I thought that I was kind of in line to do something, you know, dope and big too. But I decided to leave the entertainment industry, and I wanted to start my own marketing agency. And I told people that um, what I realized closer to the to like the year three and four in was my my passion wasn't necessarily DJing; it was more so marketing and branding myself to become this DJ, mm-hmm. right? To become this brand, to become this this channel um, for people, and so. Um, um, you know, I say this all the time, you know, a lot of people, they kind of get really, really, really stuck on, like, what they perceive to be their dream. But as we all know, like, people change. And the reality is sometimes your, what you think is your dream is really your pre-dream to your real dream. You know what I'm saying? And so that's kind of what DJ was for me. Like, it led me to understand what was next and what was more scalable, you know, and all this good stuff that I was able to understand because as talent – like, you had to be somewhere in order to make money. You know what I'm saying? So I was thinking, like, bigger. Like, I was thinking, how can I build a business? How can I build a company? You know, and of I, course, I, I right. can't be everywhere. So, you know, just little things like that. So 
you know, I started my, I started um, the O agency, which is a marketing agency, and you know, um, digital marketing and stuff like that. Um, and I, I was just hustling. Um, my first year out of college, I was working like 20 hours every day. I was still DJing, transitioning. Um, but within one year, I was able to leave my corporate job. Um, three months later, we signed our first pro athlete, D'Angelo Hall from the Washington Redskins, uh, kind of to this off-the-field branding, marketing, social media nonprofit run. And um, we started doing all of it social and digital and online assets. And, you know, uh, I always tell people, once you do a good job for one guy, it's like, yo, here's my guy. Here's my guy. Here's my guy. Right. So we got right. dozens of different athletes that we started representing and working um, from your from your promo um, athletes um, in the NFL to All Star in the NBA and all this good stuff. So and then that kind of bladed over to just like high level executives and CEOs because you know it's that like entrepreneurs want to be ballers now and all you know athletes and athletes want to be entrepreneurs now. So it kind of bleeds all over um, in, in, in the new world now and. Uh, and that built a, a tremendous network um, over the past uh, four years. Um, then I moved out to Atlanta because I like the market down there. And then, uh, and then, um, and then, um, and then that's when I, I, I got to a really good place in my life. And then I was like, man, I wanted to, I wanted to do something fresh. Um, and I kind of again just looking at the market and seeing how like so many people were being. Or con- I don't want to say confused, but I think people were listening to the wrong people on social media and not getting the yes. real truth about, yes. you know, branding, social media, entrepreneurship, and stuff like that. And so in 2017, I decided to, like, get in a car, rent a car from Enterprise for 30 days. The bill was, like, $2,000, and I drove around the entire country, started in Atlanta, went up to North Carolina, Charlotte, went to Richmond, D.C., Philly, New York, up the coast over to Chicago, down the middle of the country to Dallas, Arizona, um, L.A., and San Francisco. Did 30 days exactly. Did these pop-up workshops called Build Your Own Brand, um, which is kind of how BYOB started in 17. Um, and it was, it was mad cool. It brought out some good friends, some good co-founders that have built six- and seven-figure businesses and not just were, quote-unquote, influencers that didn't right. really know what they were talking about. So, you know, I just kind of really believe that until you've actually done something, you, you really understand the, the, the deepest kind of insights and knowledge necessary to help someone else. So I really wanted to bring people who, like, knew their stuff and not just people who had big followings. And I think that resonated well and that allowed people to understand, like, wow, this is, like, real and this is bigger and this is, like, deeper. And so that happened and it happened and it went very well. We, drove, we drew, like, one to 200 people in each city um, off of this, this kind of tour and then come 2018, I was like, hey, guys, instead of me going around the entire country, let's bring everybody together. And so we threw our first conference in D.C., and over 1,000 people came through. Um, we had Yvonne Orji as our CEO, uh, John Jackson, one of the co-founders of Blavity. And it was just beautiful, man. It was, it was actually, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly humbled um, just by the, by the feedback and everything. I put up uh, all of my own cash to do it because I was just so committed and passionate about it. Over 100,000, just kind of like, um, um, I try this out and try to help as many people as possible, and that was really cool. And then at the end of it, we announced to go to Atlanta, um, which you just mentioned that the, the 19th is past May. Um, and then we did about 2,000 people here in Atlanta at Karen Civil was our keynote, and a couple other just really, really awesome people. Um, and it was awesome. It was really awesome. And now we're looking forward to to what we're doing over the next three to five years. And I I, I truly truly believe that we can probably put in um you know 10,000 you know, creators, entrepreneurs, yeah. um, just leaders of color, you know, kind of in one space. And I think that would be one of my biggest goals and dreams. 
Yeah, and I love it. I love, like, I was just listening to your story, and I love the transparency of it because not only did you mention your story, but you also, you know, talked about your journey, and I think it's very important for people to understand, you know, your journey plays a big part, you know, of where you're going, like your end destination. I know this is not the end for you, but through that, um, I'm glad that you mentioned BYOB. Like, what was the vision behind it? I know you mentioned, like, you wanted to kind of quiet the noise of the social media realm and people listening to all of these people who call themselves influencers or coaches and things of that nature. Was it, um, was it something that you felt like was a need for business owners to survive based on statistics and data, or was it something that you just felt was spirit-led? Both, but I think mostly it was just, it was, I think mostly it was just uh, being fed up with just all the raw and the misinformation that was out there. Right. And so, and so when there's a, when there's a flood of misinformation or just people taking advantage of others because they understand psychology better, um, right. I just feel, I don't want to say I feel bad, but it's like, if I can do something about it, then I would want to, um, just because I think the truth is always, um, is always kind of going to prevail and kind of um, um, stick to people the most. And so it, it, it was a combination of both, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, like, what area do you see a lot of startup companies need to put more focus on or into when it pertains to, like, their digital branding slash their brands in general? I'm, I'm going to kind of go left field with this. You know, at the beginning when you were asking the question, when you were saying what should startups focus on, I wanted right. to immediately drop something, and then you said the whole, like, when they're doing their digital branding, all that kind of stuff. Right. To be honest, it's almost like it, – it, and even with me right now, like, the biggest thing you should focus on as a business is having the best product, period. Like, even, even with what we're doing right now with everybody that I'm working with, it's like you can't market something that sucks, right? You can. Yeah. You can. You can put it out there. You can. That's, that's the same thing as we're talking about pre-2016 and people are, you know, selling stuff just to ignorant people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you right. can. It'll work, but it'll end also. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so it's the same thing now. It's like, and, I, and the thing people don't understand is it has to be so good that it has to be a natural fit. You almost have to make your product or business so well fine-tuned. The name, the this, the that, all this good stuff has to be so naturally aligned that it makes, your, it makes marketing a lot easier. Right? right, marketing should be used to bring awareness and then to scale. Like that's it. If it requires right. like reverse psychology, fear, you know, fear and pandering and all this good stuff, like to me, that's that's just that's that's you're just mind effing people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Which I think, which I think some people are good at, and I and, and I'm not knocking anybody for how make their money, but I think that there are conscious and, and better ways of doing business, you know what I'm saying? And you can't be of the person, like, if you do that but then get upset that big corporations or Facebook or whatever or politics or whatever is doing it to you, it's kind of it's the same thing. It's just in a different lane, you know what I'm saying? And so people just aren't as aware, um, and I understand that it takes time, but for me it's like, man, how can you build something that's so – that's so good. All you have, like, it's almost like you put, you just kind of 
slightly show somebody a piece of it, and they're like, oh, I want that. Like, I, like, I just, I, I want it. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. I, I understand it. I have a need for it. I want it. You know what I'm saying? Um, right, I can of course. see real value in it. And, and it's not, uh, and it's not a matter of, you know, doing all of this um, super sexy or um, building up a facade or perception that's way bigger. Because the only problem with that is you can get people to buy once, but if you can't get people to buy twice or refer, it's all it's, it's pointless. Right. Of course. It's pointless. It's pointless. It's pointless, it's pointless because it's not. It's you're you're not gonna win because you're playing a game of who who spends more money on marketing. Right. Mm-hmm. So like every time you're reaching more people, if you're just if it's all about spending money to reach more people and it doesn't have organic reach where people are talking about it, becoming evangelists of about it, telling their friends about it, and et cetera, what's going to happen is you're going to have to keep spending money to, to do it. The problem is when somebody, if somebody competes with you who has bigger pockets than you, what do you do? You're going to lose. You know what I'm saying? And, and, the, and the only way you don't lose is if you have that better product. You know what I'm saying? If you right. have better um, better residents, if you if you connect better with your audience, whatever it may be. So that's kind of some, some initial insight I would think about. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you pretty much answered my question. So I know that you made, even with that statement alone, um, doesn't that leave room, in your opinion, um, for other people to come behind you and perfect what they see are imperfections in your business? Because like you said, people, you know, they pretty much, if their pockets are bigger, they're able to come in behind you and ultimately, you know, over take this product and make it better and kind of push you out of the realm of, you know, having a dope product or even selling a product and potentially taking your customers. Like, do you feel like that's what happens or – um? Like, what do you feel like happens then? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. I agree that that's, that's exactly what happens because people forget and people are just, I don't want to say delusional, but just people don't understand that entrepreneurship, capitalism on its basis, while it has its faults, and, and it has its positive and it has its faults, the reality is it's a competition. Right. It's a sport. It's like a, it's like a like basketball or boxing. Like, there's a winner and there's a loser. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and if you get romantic about like, I'm just doing this because I I love it, or I'm doing this because I want to help people. When that, then that's a nonprofit. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. um, which is fine too. You know what I'm saying? But running a business off of your feelings, um, and not necessarily what what is the either the cheapest for the market or the best fit, which is which that means it could be very very expensive. But it fits a very, very niche, a very tight niche, very well, right? And so they're willing to pay for that customized type of product or service. And so right. if it doesn't fit into one of those boats, somebody's going to beat you. You know, right. one of the questions that you have to ask yourself um, um, as an entrepreneur is is um, one of the biggest, biggest questions. Um, I always recommend people um, try this thing called the Lean Canvas. It's like a one-pager business, um, um, uh, a business plan. And one of the questions asks, what's your unfair advantage, right? Why, why are you better than someone else at doing this business, right? Even if you ever impro- approach mentors or investors, they'll always ask the same thing. It's like, okay, you have this product. 
but why are you the best person to bring it to market? Right? right. It's a very, right. very, it's like what skill, what resources, what connection, what, what is something proprietary that you have that nobody else has? It's a competition. You know what I'm saying? And, again, right. you have to understand, and am I, am I in here to play the pros and to compete, or do I just want to play, you know, junior leagues, you know what I'm saying, and whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so right. um, entrepreneurship is a pro league type of thing if you want to win or if you want to be on the map. Um, it doesn't, you don't have, you don't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, um, it doesn't have to be, and that's self-awareness. Right. That's understanding, well, you know, you know, it's not all about winning for me, and that's, and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? And so you can still be fulfilled, you know, because if you claim that you just want to help people and you want to be impactful or you want to do this and that, then you can still do that. You're just, you can't be mad. Like, you can still do that and change people's lives. If you get mad that you're not the best or the number one at it, that's a whole different conversation. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're putting yourself down because you're comparing yourself, not because you're not changing people's lives, because you still are changing you know, the, the people that you can reach, you know, in your life. And, and, and now yeah. your priorities and your awareness is, is messed up uh, because you're, you've fallen into this trap of trying to be, you know, the best um, or trying to be number one compared to, you know, the, 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 the game of, of, and the competition versus just sticking true to who you are and your ethos and what you say you want to do, which is if you want to help people, if you want to change your life, you want to, you know, inspire, if you want to help people through this soap product, whatever it is, and just help yeah. people. And if it's good, it's going to take off. You know what right. I'm saying? If it's good enough, it's going to take off. Um, right. So, you know. And, I mean, I, I understand completely what you're saying because even for my clients, I try to tell them they have to, like, the, um, unattach, like, the feelings inside of, like, their products and stuff. Like, you can love the business, but you don't need to be so in love with it to the point that you're, you don't even see the rooms to improve. This article on Forbes, what stood out to me the most is that you are not afraid to take approaches that go against what is taught or being used in business currently. So with that being said, you mentioned that you feel posting longer captions work better than the simple straight to the point um, point captions. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, so um, yeah, so the, the reason why the reason why um, I say that is because um, and just to kind of reiterate some of my earlier statements, um, I think a lot of people are just kind of like um, um, trend chasers and just headline chasers, and they're kind of just right. like following what other people are saying. They're, you know, people saying, people have short tennis man, like you should do this, you should do that. But I think the reality is if you kind of really understand, you know, especially if you understand like, you know, where like the 2% of the people who are really doing really well at, like, you know, like what, what they know and what they do is counterintuitive to the 98% because, you know, they're actually doing it. You know what I'm saying? Day right. in, day out. And obviously they're not even talking about doing it. They're just doing it. And all the rest of the people are the ones trying to make noise and trying to, you know, uh, chase attention and stuff like that. But, you know, in my space, you know, where I sit and kind of what I do, it's just to me it's very obvious, like, I'm a huge fan of, like, when everybody goes one way, I just go another way. And it's right. that doesn't make sense, right? The reason why, like, the, the reason why is because you, people don't think people, – people, people listen to other people, and that's how they mm -hmm. make conclusions versus thinking for themselves. And the reality is the reason is, you know, because social media is so noisy, 
You can mm-hmm. break away from the pack by being a lot more deeper and more intuitive, right? If you're doing right. what everybody else is doing, you fall into the same trap. You're trying to, and so it's actually, it's actually counterintuitive to, um, to, to follow the trend because you're just going to fall into the boat as everyone else, right? And so, and so it, 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 it doesn't work out well in the long term. Now, my, my whole idea of it is it might start slow, but the reality is, like, like say you start doing it and it doesn't work out well. Well, you have to keep doing it. You, the reality is you want people to stay on your post longer. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Versus just scrolling by and just one second clicking like and scrolling past. Like, that's not, that's not, you're not building brand value. You're not building goodwill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The longer someone, you know, looks into you, the longer someone does research, the longer someone reads your captions, connects with you, resonates with you, the more brand value you get. I know that it's invisible and it's hard to tell, but that's what really matters. Right. And so when you think about, like, even I had a whole panel with uh, my friend Alex Wolf called Metrics That Matter, like, likes almost don't matter at all. It's the most superficial thing ever, right? It's like, it's like the, the because it's the easiest, right? If you think about uh, a connection to human being, the more time they spend on you, the more, uh, the, not even the more connection, but the deeper that relationship is going to get. And, that, and right. granted, we're talking in seconds. We're talking like one second versus five seconds. But in the grander scheme of things, it means something. You know what I'm saying? Because people are willing to invest their time and energy, just like if you're going on a date with someone, like, like once or twice, like you will emote, like, like if you've decided to spend time with them, it's going to build you guys deeper and deeper and deeper. You know what I'm saying? And so, right. you know, we're talking about like metrics that matter or like the saves, the, the shares. I'm sending this to my friend, not only mm-hmm. writing a caption back, but how long that caption is, right? How much time are they investing, you know, into you, right? And it's based off of you investing into the world first. And so, that over time, I guarantee people will come will become super fans faster than just like regular fans or followers. And uh, when it comes to actual conversions, when it comes to actual selling things, when it comes to having an event, when it comes to things that really really matter and you care about and are monetizable, you want right. super fans and you want real you know um, uh, connected followers and not just people who casually scroll because you have, you know, clickbait-style content or eye candy. Nothing wrong with that, you know what I'm saying? But that's the game that you're playing. Like, are you eye – there's a quote that I love. It's just like, are you are you eye candy or are you soul food? And, you know, basically it's saying, like, <laughs> one is temporary and one is long-term, so. Right. Yeah, I love that. And, I mean, even with that being said, said, how can some people increase their engagement and their metrics? Like, how can, what type of tactics or tools can they start to implement into their businesses to get people to stay on, you know, these posts longer or to share this type of particular content? Honestly, yeah, honestly, when I, first, when I first started into all of this, I was really mm-hmm. into all the growth hacking and just different types of tools. There's been so much that comes out. I don't really use them as much or I don't really right. because I kind of know like 
what's the what's the real kind of play and on top of that too i don't even go after clients that are into those um like quick um hacks and i mean there's so many like there's like all right. these like automation type, like instagram all this stuff that used to be out there i'm sure there's a ton out there that you know can automate your engagement you know give you the right hashtag help you grow connect with other accounts all that auto dm like there's so many like tricks and tips out there but Honestly, I'm not as aware of it as much because, you know, the type of clients that we work with, you know, we're building out a year's worth of um, storyline, content, you know, podcasting, just just doing all these type of things that really play out on the long term. And so um, for, me, it's, for me, it's just, uh, for me, you know, if you were to ask me specifically today, for me, it's just about creating incredible content. Um, okay. And incredible yeah. content really just comes down to incredible, just like video and you know stuff like that, podcast and you know super highly engaging um, content, and that comes down to finding people or having the skill yourself to create you know very engaging, very shareable um, content. Um, and so you know investing in yourself um, or finding, you know, freelancers or people on Upwork, whatever, that can create very uh, good video content, I would say is the number one thing. The second thing is, um, you know, doing, like, interview style, which is why podcasting is so easy and popular, but, like, you know, when you interview other people, you know, you get a chance to get into their network, and then if you create incredible content, and they'll share your content with them, and that's how other people will now know about you. to be honest, to me, that's the more long-term, more ethical way of doing things. And so it's really up to you. I mean, it's up to the person to decide how they want to do it, but that's how I would do it. Yeah, I love that answer. I really love that. So um, we're getting pretty much close to the end, but as an entrepreneur, how are you able to execute all that you have going on? Like, how do you I'm sorry, what was the question? Say that, say that question one more time. Yeah, sure. How are you able to execute all that you have going on? Like, how do you create balance in your life? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> um, de- definitely one of the more interesting questions. I, you know, to be honest, I, um, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, for quite some time now, I really didn't believe in balance. Um, right. Um, I'm, I'm an all-in type of person, right? So, like, um, if whatever it is, whether it's uh, a business, a project, my health, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I I like to focus all of my energy, go all in on it, do it to the best, win at it, and then I will go all in at something else. You know what I'm right. saying? So, and I and I and I do that just because I've seen what that does, and what that does is that gives me success in every area that I choose to put all of my attention in versus giving 30 here, 30 here, and right. you know, 40 here. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? To me, again, it's just practical. It's mathematical. Like, it makes sense, you know, versus doing what, again, what I just said earlier, listening to everybody and their grandmother tell you what to do versus just, like, thinking for yourself and being like, you know what? Like, this, that, like, that, like, that doesn't make sense. If you have certain type of goals and you want to meet them and, you know, like, and most of the time, the goals are to get to wherever you want to get as fast as possible, right? So, like, we can even, like, even outside of entrepreneurship, we can say even fitness goals, right? Everybody right. wants okay. 
like that best body as fast as possible. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you're only putting like, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, inconsistent time into it, yet everybody's goal is to have that best body as fast as possible, like that doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like like That's- like you don't understand that the the lapse. And the lapse is there's a certain amount of you know, repetitions, practice, sweat, discipline, consistency that gets you to this end goal. But as human beings, we kind of suck at estimating that in-between time, right? How many times have we heard, hey, look, I'll be there in 10 minutes, but you're really going to be there in 20 or 30. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just over-exaggerate. That's human psychology. And it's the same thing that happens in business, entrepreneurship, fitness, health. We always think something is easier than what it actually is. Right, and so again, once you really start to understand these kind of like fundamentals, you're like, all right, you know what? Like, I'm gonna operate right, not like the 98 percent of the people. I'm gonna operate, you know, saying a little different. Part of that, even figuring that out, was when I first started this kind of journey for real for after college. I used to study the greatest entrepreneurs, you know, I'm saying the Damon Johns, Mark Cuban, Steve Jobs, you know, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and like. I used to study not what they do now and how they operate now, which, again, the wrong thing that people try to do. I would watch their biographies, read their books, and understood what they did in their first one to three years, right, because that's the stage that I'm at, right? So why would I – like, how am I going to, like, try to emulate, oh, this guy wakes up at 3 o'clock today with this? Like, like bro, like, you're, right. you're, you're following a roadmap that's been 10 years in. You know what I'm saying? You should go back to when they first started and had nothing and work in the garage and figure out and do understand that there's very, very similar types of grinds and hustles. And I think it is that all-in approach um, until you get to where you want to get. And then as you build on more people, you can delegate, you can productize, you can scale. There's so many things that come after that. But I, th- I think people are very confused. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, the most important thing is for people to do what's best for them and their ideal for them, lifestyle. A 100%. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. because, again, you know, you may be following a roadmap that's suited for someone else and for the capacity and the type of lifestyle that they have. Some people are following people for simple things like whether you're a mom or not a mom, that, those lifestyles are completely different because the time that you spend in certain areas are delegated, you know, in other areas. So they have to have a plan specifically tailored to them. So I yeah. definitely love that answer because, it's an interesting one, and I asked it for a specific reason because everyone is preaching, like, you know, you need to have balance. And it's like, what so, does balance look like? Yeah, so balance, so, okay, balance means different things for everybody. And I want to add one thing just to kind of add my two cents. Yeah, sure. I am, I am getting into a part of my life where balance now looks different than balance did like five years mm-hmm. ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 I had a friend tell me, like, when he turned, like, 28, he was like, bro, I, like, I, I just can't eat certain things anymore. Like, I feel terrible. You know what I'm saying? And so balance right. means taking that type of food out because your body just – you have to listen to your body. You know what I'm saying? So even for right. me now, it's just like there's a lot of things that are a lot different. Like, there's a lot of things I wouldn't be willing to do again or can do or cannot do. But the self-awareness comes at because there might be somebody who's 18 listening to this versus 25 or 35 or 45. And everybody's at different level based off of, you know, do you have family members? Do you have a wife, kids, family, husband? Right. Like, there's different types of balances for every single person, but you have to do, like, obviously, if you, the, 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 the most 80, the, 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 
you know, the 80-20 version is, you know, the younger you are, the less responsibilities you have, right? The, you don't have right. to, you don't have house, but so you can take on more risk. Your body is younger, so you can, you know, for lack of a better word, I don't want to say thrash it more, but, you know, you can withstand a little bit more junk food, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, cheaper food and all that good stuff. And then, you know, once you get older, you know, you want to be vegan or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I don't right. know. But it's, it's, but it happens. That's exactly what happens in almost every single person, you know what I'm saying? And so balance comes with what works at, at your time and what you're able to handle, you know what I'm saying? And so even, so for me now, too, I'm just like, you know, like for me, like I'm not, I'm not doing the same thing I did, you know, five years ago. Like number one is I don't need to. Number two is, you know, I have a team. Number three is my body can't take it. And so, you know, I do balance more now, you know what I'm saying? Right. So. It's it's very very um, customized and relative, and so so the answer is whatever's right for you, you know. So you would right. say like a lot of people are saying balance is important, not right because that's where they are in their life, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. It is important, you know. And so um, people have to people have to be very aware of the context that people are talking, and of course people don't think like that; they just listen to stuff as content, you know what I'm saying? Somebody just puts that out. Oh, that must be the right thing to do. Everybody's saying it. That must be the right thing to do. It's like that right. might be your situation. So. Right, yeah. So I just want to know, like, do you see any market trends happening that are game changers? Of course. Absolutely. Mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Mental health is, is that the biggest thing. I, I'm, I'm probably going to do something. I'm making some very, very heavy investments and moves in that space. I think that for the next three yes. to five years, um, that's probably going to be I, – I, I will argue and say as popular as entrepreneurship and social media has been for the past three to five years, I think – and I know exactly why, too, but I think that, you know, studying and helping people go through um, kind of their, you know, um, just um, depression, bouts, anxiety, um, mental health, emotional intelligence, I think those um, will probably be the biggest topics over the next, you know, three years. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I just want to say, like, I've gained a lot of knowledge just from listening to you, and I hope that all of our listeners as well are able to take in this information and receive and implement these things, you know, to just challenge themselves to see things a little bit differently or even process things a little bit differently. So any last words or advice you would like to give? If no, how can they find you and support you? Um, yeah, um, I will just go straight to you guys can find me um, online. Um, I'm at Brand with Drew, um, B-R-A-N-D-R-E-W, no, B-R-A-N-D-W-I-T-H, Drew, D-R-E-W. Um, you can also definitely find our kind of community um, that we're building at BYOB Live, BYOBLive.com. Um, yeah, and no, we look forward to kind of just connecting and helping as many people as we can. Um, and so I think that's the best way to kind of engage, um, get yeah. to know us, get to know everything around us, and just to kind of um, be a part of it if people feel like it's, um, it's of value to them. Right, of course. And is, do you have any upcoming events going on? Are you doing BYOB anytime soon? Uh, right, so definitely we're doing our like we have our annual you know flagship retreat every year Memorial Day weekend. So it'll be 2020, uh, you know May 23rd and 24th, I believe, of next year. Um, um, city, uh, we don't know exactly yet. We're working on uh, a couple different options, uh, but we're okay. excited. I mean, 
we're definitely looking to, to bring together, you know, three to 4,000 people next year. So that's definitely in the plans. And again, just if you guys follow, you know, the accounts that I mentioned earlier at Be Live, Be Live um, we will definitely announce stuff as they come along. Yes, I love it. And as always, Drew, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. You have been so motivating and inspiring, and you have given me a lot of insight and our listeners as well. So thank you so much for that. And remember to to subscribe at www.intentionallyposh.com for upcoming episodes. Our podcast Atlanta Retreat is happening August 31st, 2019 through September 1st, 2019. Come out and learn how to get crystal clear on how to scale your business. We will have social media workshops, brand strategy sessions, affirmations and manifestation sessions, and to close, brunch at one of the hottest spots in downtown Atlanta. Lastly, our 90-day dream course is now live. Sign up to receive private intense coaching as well as 20 support. You will learn how to dip the worker's mentality, the keys to running your business like a CEO, social media strategies, and lastly, when to scale, how to sell and grow. We thank you again for listening, and until next time, have a high vibe, intentional week. Thank you again for listening to Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast was brought to you and sponsored by Women Living Intentional and Intentional Investments. Want to learn more about us? Check us out at intentionallyposh.com. And as always, have a high vibe intentional week.